The Lifestylist, Episode 17, featuring Dr. Pat Allen. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Today's episode is brought to you by Samina. Samina Healthy Sleep Systems are designed to incorporate what we now know is required for restful, restorative sleep. Every aspect of healthy sleep is addressed, including unrivaled back support, moisture and temperature regulation, plus pure comfort in a very clean, hygienic bed. Like people, Samina is a system comprised of layers, each working together to support the body's needs for healthy sleep. The components are made from natural, non-toxic, hypoallergenic materials and provide the essential elements, even grounding, to fall asleep relaxed, stay asleep, and awaken refreshed. Samina is simply healthy sleep. Go to JustHealthySleep.com and enter the code LIFESTYLIST to save 5% off all beds and accessories, which can save you a substantial bit of cash considering the initial investment in this system. Or if you're in Southern California, you can also make an appointment on the site to visit the Pasadena showroom and check out Samina in person. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty pumped right now because my name is Luke Story and I'm the host of this show called The Lifestylist that you're listening to. And I get the distinct pleasure of delivering to you today, Dr. Pat Allen, who's been my doctor for a number of years, you know, a shrink, a head doctor. Yes, I have issues. I'm a work in progress. I'm getting there. Some of my recent issues involve relationships and how to (laughs) not only survive them, but hopefully make them thrive. So this episode goes deep into the topic of romance, baby, because we all need a bit of that. I mean, who wants to live alone, right? I used to think being single was cool, and, you know, I'm changing my tune. I'm 45. I'm ready for love. I want to learn and grow and share that with someone else, and I have a feeling some of you might as well. So some of the topics we talk about are why divorce rates are so high in the U.S., and who recovers from heartbreak faster, women or men? What do you think? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's women. And why do they recover faster? Why men get sensitive with age, estrogen versus testosterone. Today's gender role confusion. Is feminism uh, really working? Is this thing happening? Are we okay? Why are we all getting divorced? What's the problem here? We're going to figure that out. Men who desire to be the man in a relationship, is that old-fashioned or is that still possible? Is that healthy? How can we do that in a more conscious way? She talks about the three styles of relationships. We cover male-order brides and the cultures where women are preordained to be feminine. When a woman should carry the balls and when they shouldn't. That's good information if you're a woman. Trust me, you want to listen to that. How mind-altering chemicals and, you know, drugs affect genders differently. We talk about tons of communication tools and, of course, monogamy. Is it a myth or a reality and is it possible? Lastly, we cover how men and women can learn to improve intimacy, chemistry, compatibility, and communication. This is an amazing episode. If you're a man, if you're a woman, you need to hear this. You need to get learned. You need to get schooled. Even if you're happily married and you think you've got it figured out, I guarantee 
This episode with Pat Allen will improve your relationships. Enjoy very much and blessings to you and yours. I'd like to take a moment to remind you, my beautiful, faithful listener, that you can find the show notes and resources and every link discussed in every single episode of this podcast at lukestory.com. All you have to do is click on the podcast navigation tab on the top of the page, and you will be entering into the world of Luke's story and every single amazing guest that we featured on the show. There's tons of great resources and links in there, so don't forget to get to a computer and get to clicking. Next, I would love for you to share this show with friends and family. Click on your screen somewhere there where it says share, tweet this, text this, email this to someone who is awesome and would appreciate this content. I and my guests have worked so hard to compile and experience all of these lifestyle enhancements that are discussed here, and I would love for you to be able to share it with some people. And if you want to see what this world looks like, you can always follow me on Instagram. It's getting pretty wild on there. I try to really document all the stuff that I do in real time so you guys can see it. And you can find me on Instagram at at LukeStory. That's L-U-K-E-S-T-O-R-E-Y. And by all means, don't miss next week's episode number 18 with my good friend and fellow LA biohacker Andy Nilo. He's founder of an amazing natural skincare company called Alatura. They make some fantastic clay masks and all this other crazy stuff that you'll hear about. So we talk a lot about just natural skincare and some of the hazards that are out there <laughs> in terms of things you put on your body and how to avoid them as well as just hearing Andy's amazing story of being an athlete, the super fit guy, gets hit by two cars, not one, but two, almost dies and literally resurrects himself almost from the dead. I mean, almost in a Jesus way, really. It's pretty amazing. Uh, To this beast of a man that he is now. It's a really empowering, inspiring story. So I can't wait to share that with you next Tuesday, episode number 18, featuring Andy Nilo, Loving the Skin You're In. Dr. Pat Allen is an expert in the fields of relationships and effective communication. She has devoted 42 years to helping men and women learn to express their wants and needs with integrity and honesty, and to recognize and avoid the damaging ploys of intimidation and seduction. She hosts seminars, teaches classes, and has her very own show on latalkradio.com, where she wows her audience of fans and skeptics every Friday night with her avant-garde style, political incorrectness, and the hard truth about ourselves and our relationships, getting laughs and even tears along the way. She's created a system called Want Training, a trademark technique developed from her years of one-on-one and couples counseling. It is focused on scientifically demonstrable principles of rational communication for business, personal growth, romantic relationships, and successful dating. Her dream is that we and our children may live in a love-filled world in which both men and women can attain their fullest potential. Her goal is to help us commit to a lifestyle of love and authentic communication in all of our relationships, in our families and careers, in order to strengthen our relationship skills and enhance our self-esteem and success in life. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to see you again. Uh, I've been following your work, been to your seminars, uh, had many sessions with you for the past, I think, around 15 years. I was trying to add it up this morning. Here's more. Oh, awesome. Okay, good. We're going to definitely talk about that at the end of the show because I want everyone to have a chance to catch your work. And uh, it's interesting, though, last time I was in this building and in this office specifically, I was in a couple session with you and 
that day a very meaningful five-year relationship came to an end and so when, when i was riding up here in the elevator and i went to the bathroom i was like last time i sat in front of this bathroom i was just crying like a baby with my girlfriend that i love so much and that was that was the end of that that form of that relationship but thankfully uh you know we're still great friends and and everything's fine but man last time i was here it was rough so you didn't have chemistry compatibility and communication or what didn't you have I think there were some issues in terms of our values and goals and what we wanted in life. You know, she, she wanted kids and marriage and, uh, and I wasn't at that point quite ready for that. And then I think we had some chemistry issues too. Okay. But, you know, so you just weren't compatible in some ways. Yeah. But thankfully, you know, we had a really deep love for one another. And so we were really able to actually stay really close throughout the whole thing. And now, you know, we're both with other people and everyone's very happy and, it's really copacetic. So. Are you having any relationship with her? Yeah, yeah. What mm -hmm. are you doing? Uh, we're friends and we are in business together still. Therefore, you want to make money, not love. Well, actually, yeah. That's what it was in the session. You're like, well, you guys have been doing this thing, making money together. And uh, that has taken over the relationship. That's right. And you have to pick. And that was kind of the moment we both decided, wow, I guess we've, we had already made that decision, I think, unknowingly that we were putting our work relationship kind of before our relationship. And uh, that's something I wanted to talk about in the conversation. Please feel today, free. You know? So, but before we get into that, yes. you know, I was just having a little trip down, down memory lane and, and regrouping. I wanted to, I have, you know, a list of questions and sometimes I follow them and sometimes I just wing it. Uh, I would like to ask you just, you would like to, or you want to, well, there you go. So uh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> you understand that when you like to, yeah. it isn't really a serious want, and I know it, my insides know it. I want to ask you, what? why is the divorce rate so high in this country? Why do men and women in Western society, in this culture, have such a hard time getting along? Because they've each found out how to get laid and paid. What do you mean by that? They don't need to build a country. So, when you don't need to build a country... Divorce is up. See? How does this work in terms of the masculine and feminine dynamic? You know, I know in... Everybody's both. That's the problem. You've got a yang body, a man's body, but you've got a yin soul, the anima. You're extremely sensitive as a man inside. We have, we girls, we have a yin body, but a yang soul. There's never going to be a man as strong as a woman inside. Ever. Who recovers from heartbreak faster, men or women? Women. I've noticed that. Do you know that. why? Why is that? Because we basically have the brain that's built with the large corpus callosum. We have a brain that's built to mix thought, feelings and thoughts. Are you right or left-handed? Right-handed. You have a smaller corpus callosum. When you fall in love, it's a death-dealing experience. Because you're either totally believing that this is good, or you're, you don't believe it's good. You're not getting what you want. So what happens is the Takasubo cardiomyopathy heart attack hits you. Because when you pick a woman intuitively that fits your needs, which may be to make money, not to make babies, not to make marriage, then she's either got to sacrifice who she is to be with you, or you are getting a free wife. 
Now, a lot of men get free wives for a while, but then their best friends seduce us, or we, get a, we go to school and get a career going, or we have a baby and we love the baby better than you, and then you die. Because as you get older, you need to be in a loving relationship more than we do. We can herd up with our girlfriends. Why is it that men get more needy as they get older? Because they go on estrogen. Okay. Is there any way to mitigate that through diet, exercise, uh, no. any kind of... No, and what's really can funny... You beat nature? You go to the doctor and you get your testosterone evaluated. Your testosterone is only to build muscles, right? What you forget to do is have your estrogen checked because it's your estrogen that leads to depression, bad feelings, whatever. What about the impact, um, you know, of xenoestrogens, plastic in the water and all of this kind of stuff? Do you think that that has had anything to do with the feminizing of this generation? Why not? Remember, we're all females to start with. On the eighth day of pregnancy, mother's body spots the Y, the Y chromosome. And she goes, ah, there's a boy in there. And then she and the baby boy start co-creating the testes and testosterone. And by the 26th week of pregnancy, voila, you now have a boy's body. Well, if you know anything about uh, creative productivity, like in a factory, Anytime you move away from the prototype, you build in weakness. Everybody's female to start with. Then each of us is to a degree male. Do you know what a cortisone hypoblasic adrenalized female is? No, and I don't think I could pronounce it. <laughs> Mother inadvertently spotted why when it wasn't there. So she gave the baby girl a few shots of testosterone and a small attempt at there are women with uh, prostates so wow. that girl you've met a girl you didn't know if she was female or male she had a jacket on she's wearing earrings but guys wear earrings you see yeah we have learned to recognize feminine men right but women's lib has really turned women on to being men that's one thing I wanted to ask you about. You know, there there seems to be a few different waves in in feminism, right? You have the first wave, which had to do with, you know, basic human rights and was obviously necessary. And then the second wave came along and there was a lot of, you know, it was very political and a lot of propaganda related to it. And it, it seems like in, in like, my, you know, I'm 45 and my mother's generation, so she grew up in Berkeley in the 60s was very, you know, kind of militant feminist. So That's it. So when I grew up, I was taught that men were bad. Yes. You know, and it was like my, you know, and I'm not blaming anyone. It's just it's just the way it was, you know, but it, my manhood was largely stripped from me as a kid. And so But um, luckily there are a lot of women out there that want to make money and be men. Right. So that you're feminine and they're masculine, make a team. Well, what I had to do was to find that part of myself and, and have some more balance. Absolutely. And and then, but it, it swung a little too far the other way. I know that. I kind of became a jerk for a few years. No, it's called you know? a wuss. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I'm talking about when I swung back to the masculine side. Oh, when you went back, yeah, you it became went a little, a jerk. a little yeah. too hard, you know, a little, okay. a little mean. And then, you know, now I feel like, you know, some might disagree, but I feel like it's. Are you going to interview Tom Likas? Uh, no, but that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that would be an example of one that's swung too far the other way and never came back? Uh, they were, we were going to do a radio show together, but he refused because he didn't want to get on the show with me, from yeah. what I understand. Well, you're a tough cookie. Well, he's a tough cookie, too. So, you know, so how has, you know, obviously human rights needed to evolve in feminism, right? Everything but, is evolving. But, but how is this, has this backfired to the point where we have gender confusion? I mean, totally. in Los Angeles, it's very hard to find a feminine woman. I mean, I found one. I it's want like, you to the, know it's, it's a like creative a needle, community. It's a needle women, in a haystack. Women create off their masculine, whether it's babies or flower arrangements or actresses. Men create off their feminine. This is a gay town. Would you agree? Sure, yeah. And men with a lot of femininity create beautiful things. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now you go to Pittsburgh, you're going to have a little bit of a difference. <laughs> yeah, Detroit, yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. I can see that. Australia and Texas are very similar. The men are men and the women are women. The only difference is the men in Texas are raised to cherish women, whether they like it, like it or not. Right. Opening doors. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. It's really. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I, as, as a man, it feels really good to I know. be able to do that. But it's, it's confusing as a man, I think. And I, so many of my friends share this where, you know, if you were to open a door for a woman <laughs> in this culture, sometimes you get the attitude like, what? You don't think I can open the door? That's exactly right. It's really weird. But so luckily, we're, we're, men are confused, you know. Eighteen percent of the of the homes in our in our culture today are headed up by men. Did you see Intern with Robert De Niro? Uh, no, I haven't. Well, that's the movie in which he's the older man who was raised to be a man. He's not working, and he applies as an intern to a powerful young woman who's running a company who has a husband that's taking care of their child. And seeing how it processes through their relationships. Interesting. Well, I, I see any movie that Robert De Niro does, whether it's good or not. I'll see that for two reasons, because he's in it, and it sounds like an interesting human Absolutely. study. Absolutely. It's a manifestation of this concept. Right. So what would a man do if, if they are desirous of a relationship in which they are the masculine energy, the masculine component and and they're lacking in that. In other words, how can a man accentuate or cultivate his masculinity without taking it too far and becoming an asshole? Uh, he could go to Pat Allen and read, The Truth About Men Will Set You Free, Women, but first it'll piss you off. See? Because the Mideastern men are really making a big move on American women. Because American women really like their smooth manliness but then they find out the burqa's coming do you see and then the women go no 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 but by that time they're bonded have you ever seen what's under a burqa no i don't believe i have best clothes you'll ever see really best shoes best purses really oh yeah interesting they're see? not just wearing sweats under their tracksuit <laughs> interesting yeah. You know what that's for? 
Why? What? For the woman, and they still believe that the girl has a right to go to college and do whatever she does, but she does it under the control of her man. They don't need women's lib. Interesting. Yes, very. So <laughs> that, that, that brings to mind, you know, how out of hand some of this, it's, I wouldn't even call it feminism, but I mean, I see things on the internet or things on Twitter where, you know, uh, people are complaining because uh, LinkedIn, not LinkedIn, um, people are complaining because Wikipedia is too male centric. And so feminists are up in arms. Meanwhile, no one's saying anything about the fact that in Saudi Arabia, women can't even drive a car or they can be arrested as terrorists. See what I mean? I mean, it's weird, right? It's like, no, it's just humankind evolving. Is that what it is? Yes. There's three styles of relationships. Convenient, where both people work and both people do chores. Okay, the nanny is there a lot of the time. And they work for money, but they delegate certain things away so that they can have their business and their relationship. The second kind is codependent. Did you see Secretary? Yeah. Okay. One of my favorites. Absolutely. They liked it the way it was sadomasochistic but they liked it that's one in which certain religions like it certain cultures like it codependency then there's a third one that used to be popular in the 50s i'm a i'm with that generation it's called a covenant it's a legal choice in louisiana arizona minnesota and michigan now it's only louisiana one person after the wedding signs another contract that they will be the breadwinner for the duration of this relationship, this family, and that they will not stop working. The other person, whoever it is, is going to be the homemaker. doesn't matter if she has a PhD. She's going to be the homemaker to see that that family stays together on, you know, spiritual and sensual and sexual grounds. Well, as I said, only Louisiana is doing it now. So what we've got going is people going out of the country, like how many people, how many men are marrying Filipinos? Chinese, not Japanese. Japanese women don't need women's lib. They're very strident, do you see? But Chinese women in various cultures, Asian cultures, are very trained, you see? to be affable with men that are men. So a lot of men in our culture are going across the boundaries. Yeah, I've, I've known men that have literally like had catalogs for <laughs> wives because they can't meet a woman in this country. I've they, got news for you. It's like, and you know, this is many years ago before there was real online dating and stuff, but I remember seeing like actual catalogs and you could, there are catalogs. You fly to, you know, Paraguay or wherever and you go yes. meet these women and see if you hit it off and, you know, you want to build a family with them. That's exactly right. So cultures can be set up so that the women are already preordained. To be feminine, feminine. So what if you have a woman here in this country, especially when I say this country, I mean, like, I think of New York and L.A. where yeah. it's, it's, it's challenging to meet a woman who's really feeling and, and using her feminine power, you know, because because of, 
you know, wanting a career and all this. So what, what if you're a woman and you know, you, you, you want power and prestige and you want to make your own money and you want to have a career, but you also want to have a man that, that takes care of you. That's masculine and that's strong. What, what is a woman to do if, if she, she wants to go both? to drpatallen.com website, you know, and hire me, read me, read the book, getting to, I do been on the stands over 20 years. I've read it. Now, I have another one, Staying Married and Loving It. Not as popular. Not in the stores. You can get it, but it's not like getting to I do. Can a woman reverse her her masculine dominance, or does she, she just does have to... She does not have to reverse it. She needs to know when to carry the balls and not to carry them. See, women's live forgot one direction. By the by, ladies, leave your fake balls at the office. When you go home, if you want to be a man, okay, be one, but only be with a man that wants to be your woman. In my book, that's Andrea. And, um, William Morrow, the publisher then of the book, required that I put a woman. Remember, these that book was written in mid-90s. So they required that there be a woman described who liked being a man and wanted a man who liked being a woman. What was he? He was writing the great American novel while he was taking the kids to the dentist. Do you see? And as I said a couple of minutes ago, 18% of our homes are headed up with men. There's nothing wrong with a man being the homemaker. And there's nothing wrong with a woman being the breadwinner. Right. But they have to negotiate it. Right. Do you see? So it has to be something that's done consciously, not just roles that one Oh, no, it's got to be conscious. That's where they get mad at me. Oh, you're so pedantic. You're so pragmatic. You know, stay on the right side of the yellow line in America, the left side in England, or you die. And it's only a line on the ground. That's how important my stuff is. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I had been following your work for many years and then got into a, a really great, serious relationship, the one that happened to end in this very office a year and a half ago. But it was, it was I, I met that woman and I just fell in love with her and she was so you feminine. You picked her with your eyes. Um, to a degree, but it was more about her energy and her, her virtue and her character. Or just I don't know. She just had a really upstanding character and she was very feminine. What, At that time. Well, what happened was... Yes, check it out. <laughs> I know what happened. What happened was we went into business together. You know, if you go into business with your loved one, you must make appointments to do masculine. Honey, I want to do some business. I have them put on baseball caps, go to the desk, go to the office. Then they're both men. I think, what do you think I want? What do you want? I feel, what do you feel? They're equal, but they dasn't do that over dinner. They dasn't do that in bed. Because equality in communication neutralizes the energy. You know those balls? What happens when they come together? The energy stops. You see? The chemistry stops. For those that can't see your hand, she's referring to the those little desk uh, novelty toys yeah, where the, the pendulum balls swing on either side and, and, and hit one another. Yeah. But if they go together, they stop. Right. Equality in love affairs destroys intimacy. Now, that is such a chauvinistic, pagan statement, do you see? But it's the truth. I teach virtue through science. Well, my 
subjective experience would definitely speak to the fact that that's true because my relationship was very good and very, you know, had a lot of polarity, right? And chemistry yes. because there was masculine and feminine, but then work very much mixed into that relationship. And I remember, I mean, so many nights laying in bed together, talking about money, talking about business. You see? And then sex eventually stopped, you know? Totally. Well, first and chemistry I stops. And chemistry is a DNA phenomenon in which when you're near that person, your body goes, ooh. It lights up, but not when you're making money. When you're making money, it's just your brain. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I also wanted to ask you, how does uh, being a sober person myself, you know, I, I uh, <laughs> played the field a little bit and partied quite a bit when I was younger, and now I you know, have a very clean, healthy life. Uh, I don't drink. I don't do any drugs or anything like that. Good. I don't smoke cigarettes. Um, but I've heard you talk about how... Uh, drug abuse and alcoholism affects men and women differently. Totally differently. What, what does it do to us? Well, you are designed for the first 40-some years of your life to be on testosterone. If you're right-handed, you basically segregate your feelings from your thoughts. If you're left-handed, Obama, McCain... Einstein, Picasso, Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Paul McCartney, Frank Sinatra, Thomas Jefferson, four out of five of the last presidents are left-handed. You then have a large corpus callosum like all of us women, right and left-handed. And so what happens in this situation when you use mind-altering chemicals, there's three neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine, but you can buy them on the street as cocaine, methamphetamine, do you see, which also do the same things. There are three addictive issues, chemistry from money and anything about money, chemistry from sex, and mind-altering chemicals. So when you take in mind-altering chemicals, you knock out your left lobe to feel good. You're built with testosterone and the corpus callosum. You're built for the first half of your life to do good, to feel good, intuitively. The second half of your life, you switch. Your testosterone goes down, your estrogen impacts you more, and you now have to feel good to do good. You see? But if you've used mind-altering chemicals, whether you screwed around in your marriage and created dopamine, you see, you can get at it in different ways, then what happens is, you're going to do feminine way too early. And therefore, you have to be with the woman. When a woman uses, she's got a big corpus callosum. She mixes all her thoughts and feelings together. When she's young, she's on estrogen. When she gets to 40 to 45, she goes on progesterone. She becomes male. But when she's young, if she gets into money, career, or she gets into sex, or she gets into sugar, or any other mind-altering chemical, she knocks out her right lobe of feelings, which is where her veto right is. No, I don't want to do that. Instead, she eats donuts. You see? And then she goes into her left lobe and earns love. You see? Whether she's your daughter. I had a woman come in today that came in grossly overweight and did a, a year's class with me. 
she came in today, I was amazed. She had released so much weight, not dieted. She had simply become more feminine. And she was pushing away, you see, what did not please her. And it just so happened to be her greedy mother. So so you become feminine and I become masculine. Right. When drinking and using. Any mind-altering chemical. Right. Whether it's yeah, <laughs> legal or otherwise. Because I, I've noticed just over the many years that I've, I've been a sober man that when I communicate with people that are, that are new and they're trying to, you know, to, to sober up, that it seems like men have the most trouble with their thinking. They're always like, my mind is driving me crazy. I'll tell you why. Because their feelings are swamping them. And women love becoming men and controlling you wusses. And then, <laughs> so funny, I love your style. And then what I find with women is they seem to be very bothered by their feelings. They yes. they can't handle their emotions are like driving them back to drinking, you right? You got it. Whereas a man is just, he's he's just repetitive thinking and just self-talking and he can't shut his mind up. And I'll tell and you why. And then he relapses. Because he's trying to think with a dead brain. Because his right lobe wanted to feel good, he drank, used, whatever he did, produced the neurotransmitters, or bought it on the street. Yeah, that makes that makes absolute sense. And then... Uh, Norman Doidge did the book, The Brain That Changes Itself, and the second one, How the Brain Heals Itself. You know how it does? By controlling language. Language is the one thing that enhances brain functioning. People are sitting around doing puzzles. There's not enough anxiety with that. You have to have anxiety to rewire the brain. I love it. People say, I've been in therapy two years. If you're in therapy with me for two years, you have bled. Because you've got to change your language. How does that language look? I've heard you say things like, and I've actually picked this principle up from you and have applied it, uh, when a masculine man and a feminine woman are having a conversation, that it would be a mistake for the man to ask the woman what she thinks. You and got it. Unless they're working business partners and he says, I want to do business with you. Let's go to the desk. Let's put the hats on. So what happens is me as, as a man and, and you as a woman, and I say, hey, Pat, what do you think about this? That is that puts you in your masculine energy. And then you argue with me. So what I say is, I feel good about that. I tell my women, switch it. When he asks you what you think and you're not doing business where you're both getting paid, that's how you know you're doing business. Otherwise, you're just his aide de camp helping him make money that he gives you a dollar or two for. Got it? It's two businessmen with different bodies. So with that in mind, you have to basically know what you're doing. And language is the best. What are some other language tricks? Or, okay, or do you want the language tools on here? Yeah. Do you want to be respected first, cherished second, cherished first, respected second, or cherished and respected equally? Me respected, hands down, that's all I need. Okay. Then you, number one, never ask her what she thinks. Tell her what you think. None of this, you like this shirt? 
Where do you want to go tonight? What movie do you want to see? What you say is, I want to see a movie. Here's three I'd like. How do you feel about them? I don't like any of them. Fine, now you get to pick. See? Lead. Say what you want and then ask her how she feels. Then listen to her. I feel that you're a control freak. No, 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 that's not a feeling. I feel that is not a that, is not a feeling. So you have to watch women because you ask them what they feel and they switch over to their left lobe and tell you what they think. And I, I had a couple today. I would ask him what he thinks. He would switch over and talk about his feelings. And I made him record it because they don't believe what I'm saying is true. It's there. So that's tool number one. Tool number two, how dare I ask bright, intelligent, educated women not to have thoughts, wants, opinions, suggestions? But they've got to make an appointment to ask. When a woman wants to teach, preach, bitch, moan, or question a man, romantically especially, she's got to say, honey, I have an idea about where to go, what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and who to do it with. When would it be convenient for you to hear my ideas? Today, hopefully. Why is it that men, because I've experienced this, are so befuddled when, um, especially an emotionally charged issue or something important is just randomly brought up in the middle of the day i'll tell you, know, you why hey did I, I need to talk to you about you know this serious Listen, thing all of a sudden when i ask women to make an appointment to teach preach bitch moan or question i'm giving a man a chance to decide which lobe is listening right-handed men can't do both feel and think left-handed ambidextrous bisexuals and gay men they can feel and think do you see? So I teach women to knock before they enter a left lobe in a man they love. And they do it by knocking. Now, for a man, I do not want you to bitch, moan, teach, preach, or question a woman without an appointment. Do you notice the difference? Teach, preach, bitch, moan. Bitch, moan, teach, preach. You keep your bloody feelings off of us, you see, unless you make an appointment. Honey, I have something to say that may be painful. When would it be comfortable for you to hear me, hopefully today? You see? Yeah, that's been a tough lesson for me because my personality type is just very spontaneous and I just start conversations, you know, randomly. You girls <laughs> you know? are all the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Narcissism is when... You want to be cherished and respected at the same time, which makes a ton of money for me and divorce attorneys. There's a new book out. I don't know how new it is. And it's called F-U, F-Feelings. But it's F asterisk K. And it's Feelings by Stephen Bennett. And it's about, you know what LSEs are? Low self-esteem. It's about... E-S-E, excessive self-esteem. It's a new way to talk about narcissism, where you want respect and cherish from your loved ones, which means they have to be zeros. Yeah. But luckily they die early, and they like being dead. I've asked, because you know, I've heard, I've heard you talk about this stuff a lot, and... One of the first questions that I've asked women on a date or even just meeting them, just to decide if I even want to try to pursue a date with them, 
So they say, hey, let me ask you something. If you had to pick, would you rather be respected yes. for your thinking or have your feelings cherished? Or and, both equally. And what's, well, what's interesting, in, in especially in you know cities like Los Angeles, is unequivocally the answer is, oh, I want to be respected. Yeah. Period. Or actually, no, the most common is probably both. Both. Well, I want both. But what I've heard you say, which I think is so true for me, is that when, and, you know, make sure I have this right, when a man is respected, he feels he cherished. He feels cherished and then can give. No man is going to cherish a woman unless she respects him first. There's a wonderful book by Appleton. It's called Fathers and Daughters. For the first 10 years in a girl's life, she's the apple of daddy's eye. Actually, it's eight years. Women mature a little bit earlier than men. The first 10 years, the boy must be respected by his mother or he's going to be castrated. He's going to be respecting women all over the place or hating them, you see? So with that in mind, you've got to know that in the second 10 years of life between a father and a daughter, that girl too has to respect her father. But there are so many men that are not home, do you see, who are feminine, and their daughters are raising themselves to be masculine. So, if a woman feels respected by having her feelings cherished, what does that look like? How would you define cherishing a woman's feelings? Raise your right hand. I promise. I promise. On my honor. On my honor. To give, protect, and cherish. To give, protect, and cherish. The women I love. The women I love. Even when. Even when. They're illogical. They're illogical, irrational, irrational, and often irritating. And often irritating. So help me God. <laughs> so help me God. That's loving a baby in poopy pants before its shower bath. It's loving the unlovable. When a man says, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard, what he doesn't understand is her brain has t- taken the thought and the feeling and mushed them together. That's what I deal with all day. Next, I'd like to ask you what about the topic of monogamy or the lack thereof. Which we aren't. <laughs> well, exactly. The human animal is not built monogamous. I refer you to the myth of monogamy by Barish. We are built to be diversified and polygamous. But we are the only animal that can commit a crime and a sin. So if we make agreements like marital agreements, certain parts of the world you can have 20 wives. In our Judeo-Christian ethic, we talk a show about monogamy. But monogamy can include an open relationship. If we agree that we're going to have 15 lovers between us, that's our level of monogamy. How many people are we going to participate with? It can be negotiated. In my own experience, I have had all different types of relationships yes. from monogamous and committed to um, open relationships. Yes. And it doesn't seem to me that open relationships work very well. It's, it does for people that don't want to be monogamous. I mean, can it be done? Do you with- know what vasopressin is? I've heard of it. Neurotransmitter? Yeah, it's a neurotransmitter that allows men to be monogamous. They're voils, or little animals in the desert and in the city, 
one set of voiles has vasopressin and they're monogamous, like swans. The other, no. Well, there are humans, males, that are bereft of of vasopressin who cannot be monogamous. It seems to me that the human animal is not designed, especially the male, to be monogamous, right? But at a at maybe a higher level of spiritual evolution, you could evolve to the point where you would willingly and happily be monogamous with a woman. I'm speaking as a man. I hate to mention it. It's not a spiritual event. <laughs> okay. It's an economic event. Economics is politics. You see, we are now creating a culture of hookups. Your place or mine. Casual sex. We're just starting. I'm a member of the American Psychological Association, and I belong to the addictive section. And it's so interesting. The data is starting to come in. Men love hooking up casual sex. Women don't like it. Women, estrogen is a very um, feeling-centered, unifying hormone. You see? And... Women don't feel good when they bond, oxytocin, which is God's second joke. Estrogen's the first one. Luckily, we have it when we're young and ditzy. You guys get on it when you're old and die of it. The Takasubo cardiomyopathy heart attack from being betrayed by a female you love who can be your daughter, who gets knocked up at that blech. Do you see? So... So in terms of the monogamous relationship, uh, having tried my hand at so-called open relationships, it seems that inevitably somebody really gets hurt and feels betrayed and that it takes a certain type of person or consciousness to be able to withstand the impulses of jealousy and possessiveness and anger. I mean, you have to be pretty evolved to be cool with all of that. David Buss wrote a book. He wrote one called The Evolution of Desire about... Uh, you know, the variations of relationships. And he wrote one, Dangerous Passions, The Benefits of Jealousy. When people don't have jealousy, they don't have territoriality. When they don't have territoriality, they're not in a relationship. They're just friends with perks. Do you feel that it's possible to have, let me ask you this again, do you think that it's possible to have an open relationship, yet have a high degree of trust and intimacy. Absolutely, as long as you're with somebody that's exactly like you. And wouldn't you have on your hands two people that are somewhat narcissistic No, and because they know how to swing back and forth between male and female. Remember, alpha people, you know what alphas? I don't know exactly what that means. They have a heart and a head. Okay. They have a brain. In five years, there's not going to be one cell in this room other than a few brain and a few heart cells. Every other cell will be replaced. Now, in old people, less cells, less fat cells, because we don't have to be pregnant. We don't need the fat, you see. But young people, they need all their little fat cells going on. Well, the truth of the matter is head and heart are what alphas both have. They have both, and they vibrate and ruminate when they make decisions. My heart goes this way, my head goes that way. 
Okay, and then if they're really goofy, they go get a drink, and that knocks out his thinking, and he goes and does what he feels like doing, and she goes to eating her donuts, and that knocks out her feelings so she can do what the jerk-off she is with wants her to do. Do you see? Yeah. So the truth of the matter is, is that we are naturally polygamous, and we are monogamous, by governmental, religious, political negotiating. I think for myself at this point in my life, you know, because the idea of monogamy was just never seemed like a good idea to me. And, and most guys, not all men that I know, feel the same way. But having, you know, I think hurt myself and hurt some relationships and yes. hurt other people as a result of trying to reinvent the wheel and and have a non-traditional kind of more open relationship. I understand that. It's been a disaster to the point where, I mean, it's it's just broken my heart. You've decided not to do that. Yeah. So that it's, is to me, not, it's like, it's not worth it. It's like, you know what? The I'm, cost is too high. It's very high. The only way you know you love yourself for anybody else is the commitment you're willing to make and keep. And when you want to make a commitment, check the highest price tag. Be willing to pay it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's what my experience has been as of late, is that, you know, the the idea of, you know, not feeling confined or trapped and having your freedom versus the possibility of really hurting someone deeply that you care about, it's just like, it's not a good deal economically. It's not, it's just it. not worth the risk. Good. Now you're talking like an actualizing, individuating person. Actualized means you are starting to live the meat of of integrity in actualizing individuation means you're unique you want green hair you shall have it you see yeah i think that's what i was getting at when i said that you know monogamy requires a certain level of understanding or you know consciousness to where i guess you can get to the point where you can see the value in it and you'll only do it worth... when you pay the price for not doing it ah there you go right <laughs> Did I finish the tools with you? The communication? Yeah. No, let's 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 carry on with that. Don't ask don't ask a woman what she thinks, ask her what she feels about what you think. When you want to bitch moan, teach, preach, and question her, make an appointment. Third, when you want to fight with her, but you don't have to call the cops, a doctor, and a lawyer, make her right for what she's doing wrong, and then tell her that you want her to respect you by doing it this way, and ask her how she feels about respecting you. And what you could do to help her feel better about respecting you. Hire somebody, do it together, whatever. And then four, flush the tones, gestures, postures, and facial expressions. I sense, I think, I believe by the tone of your voice, look on your face, your body language, your gesture, you're upset. Am I right? Yes. When would it be comfortable for you to talk to me about it? Hopefully today. And the fifth tool is when you're burnt out, don't want to use a word, time out. Do the sign, the big T. When she sees that, she'll say, what are you doing? I'm signaling you that I'm upset. Are you interested in knowing the reason? Yeah, what is it? I'm upset because I want respect in the area of don't do that or do it this way. How do you feel about respecting me so that I can feel cherished? Then I can cherish you. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I've noticed... <laughs> You know, I mean, most of the, my friends are men, and of course, I'm one, so these are the ones that I'm more keenly observing, and most of the people that I work with in terms of coaching are men, 
And I've noticed that men really get themselves into trouble when they try to have a serious conversation with their partner when their emotions are running hot, when they're That's upset. because they're narcissistic. When a man is thinking and feeling, unless he's left-handed, gay, bisexual, he can't do that. It's as if your, your male brain literally shuts down. Like it gets swamped with your feelings. Yeah, it turns it just it turns into like white noise. It and, does, and nothing makes any sense. I mean, that's what it's like subjectively as a man. And that's what happens to a woman's feelings. She starts sounding nuts. I've noticed too when women are upset that they seem to have an uncanny ability to forget the 10 great things that that guy has recently done. I'll tell you why. <laughs> That's become... a left lobe sport. Okay. Her brain has fallen out, you know, because her feelings are doing their thing. Yeah, that, that makes very good sense. How can men and women learn to improve their intimacy? By knowing that they have three elements that they need, chemistry, compatibility, and communication. Chemistry is a nature-given gift. It's somebody you want to touch. You you just are drawn. Truthfully, they're usually, I believe in reincarnation, they're people that you've known in another life and you want to do another run with them. See? So with that in mind, chemistry is a DNA, hormonal exchange between two human bodies that like each other. The bodies like each other even if the people don't like each other. I've experienced that. That's a strange phenomenon when you're with someone sexually and you're going, why am I doing this? What are, you know, your friends are going, dude, what are you doing? Yes. You, you don't understand, guys. You, body to body. Yeah, yeah. So then that's the chemistry. Yeah, chemistry is nature's gift. And if it's not there, can it be developed or is it uh -uh. either on or off? It's either on or off. Okay. Second thing is compatibility. You like each other. Your lives fit together. You're not living in Australia and she's living in Los Angeles and you'll see each other once a year, you see, unless you don't really want a physical relationship, you want an emotional relationship, which is a big obsession today. We therapists are making money off of emotional affairs on the computer. And then the ever popular communication. I'm a transactional analyst. Learning to speak. People don't know how to ask for what they want, and they don't know how to say no to what they don't want in a respectful, cherishing manner. What are the different areas in which people, two people can be compatible? I've noticed there's been, in my relationship history, where it seems where I'm, I'm very intellectually compatible with someone, but maybe there's no sexual chemistry. That's exactly and then, right. And then someone else, there's tons of chemistry, but we're not mentally compatible. That's the reason and, you date until you find somebody that relates to each of the spokes. And you think it's actually possible to have someone where you have the, that, that, you know, largely the same degree of compatibility in those different areas, spiritual, intellectual? Yes, Physical, yes. sexual. That's called being in love. I've been married four times, and I've had boyfriends. I've just started a new commitment with a very nice man, and we're very compatible. I'm not going to live without a man. How can I sit in this room and be working with people... Getting men, and I don't have one. 
yeah, it, it might be somewhat hypocritical. I'm <laughs> not going to do that's it. Like, that's like the personal trainer who's overweight, you know? It's a, it's a tough sell. Yes. And I eat if I don't have sex. So uh, you can pretty well tell how I'm doing. Yeah, you're looking good. And I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think... You know uh, the three things we all need? What's that? Someone to love, something to do, and something to look forward to. And if you don't have someone to love, get a dog. Well, one of the great... Actually, you know what? I wanted to thank you for this. I'm glad you just said the word dog because it triggered a memory. Years ago, I remember you talking about uh, a book called Power Versus Force by yes. Dr. David R. Hawkins. And you would yes. always mention that book. And I used to take notes in your lectures. And so sure. I'd go I'm buy those books. ranting and raving. So I, I went and got that book. And it took me probably about a year of attempting to read it. It was so dense to me. Yes. It was, just, it was yes. so dry. Yes. Then I finally got the audio book. I got a little closer to yes. the mark. Good. I still couldn't really get it. And then I got a bunch of his lectures on audio. Got it. And then it was like, boom. And it just hit. So I went to Sedona to see him speak. I actually saw his last talk. Um, and just, you know, my all-time favorite spiritual teacher, Dr. David R. Hawkins. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but one of the things he talked about was, uh, according to him, and based on his method of research yes. with kinesiology and stuff, that owning a dog would increase your lifespan up to 10 years. Exactly. And that, and but that was... But having a good partner... We'll could do, do the, the same, same thing. <laughs> There's okay. 15 little old ladies to every one old man. Because we women, in this culture anyway, we don't and aren't committed. My men, the men that I've been with, have lived their life out, you know what I'm saying? And have died happy. Does that have something to do with why the men are dying? Yes. How does that work? How does it work? It doesn't yeah. work. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, does that have anything to do with the fact why why there's more women around still? Why the men are dying? The women, the men are dying because they're not being respected by the women in our culture. You see? And that's what I'm ranting and raving about. And I don't care. I've made my point. I've I've spawned my teachers so they can go out and infiltrate. So I've done my deed, and I'm coming back. Maybe it, next time as a man. <laughs> in, all, in all the years that you've been doing this, have you seen any uh, progression or any improvement in our cultural understanding of, of these types of relationship issues? And From what and I experience in my practice, there are more and more humans, including you, who are seeking me out, reading my books, coming to my seminars, doing my thing, and that's all wonderful because each one of those people has the opportunity to carry it to the next person. Yeah, I know I have. I mean, so many guys that I work with and friends, I've even just sharing a few principles with them has been very, very impactful. I love it when I look up in a dating magazine and it says, wanted a Pat Allen girl. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you've actually seen that. That's good. I'm becoming iconic. Yeah, that's awesome. And that is awesome. Yeah, it is especially since I'm not a cult figure and don't want to be a cult figure. I'm simply teaching men and women how to be more loving, more spiritual, you see? But I'm not getting, I get a few bucks for it, but it's, that's, you know, that's not what I'm doing it for. I don't work for money. I work for success. 
and success is carrying the point. Speaking of carrying the point, as we wrap up toward the end of the show here, I'd like to get three recommendations of uh, books, teachers, philosophies that have most helped shape you and your understanding of these issues. Abraham Maslow taught a psychology of being tremendous. Napoleon Hill, outwitting the devil. Got it? Um, David Buss's book, The Evolution of Desire. Everything by Carl Jung. You see? Awesome. So, the yin and yang way of life. The way of Aikido, George Leonard. The Yin and Yang Way of Life is by Dr. Kim and Dr. Lee, which follows into Carl Jung like the Indian and the Chinese quantum physics. So I'm surrounded. Thank you for the recommendations. And Good. and I'm happy that you went over three because we'll put all of those in the show notes. And Oh, I see. Yeah, and it's it's great. No, it's really good resources. And I've taken you up on a lot of your recommendations, even beyond the David Hawkins one. So yes. yeah, you're you're a really good purveyor of <laughs> like meaningful, uh, profound literature. So thank you for the recommendations. Good. And then lastly I want to ask you, of course, where can we find more of your work if someone wants to come to one of your events or do some Go training? Directly with you? to drpatallen.com. It's all there. We have a store with my stuff. Everything's there. My voice is going to be vibrating through the universe. I'm going to bump into Joseph Campbell, you know, but that's okay with me. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for You're being, welcome for being on the show. You're welcome, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been really great to see you and, and get to share your message with the people. So until next time, we're out. So that brings episode 17 of the Lifestylist podcast to a screeching halt. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Pat Allen. It was definitely a treat for me to get to sit down with her. As I said in the intro, she's someone that I've gone to on occasion uh, to get some advice when I'm having some issues. And uh, she's definitely got some very strong opinions. And sitting down with her for this interview was no exception to that rule as you heard. So hopefully you really gain some benefit out of that. And a lot of the stuff that she teaches is very applicable and I've gained a lot from it. So I'm really excited to be able to share that with you. If you dig that and you got some good information there, do yourself, your friends, your family, and most of all, your pal Luke here, a massive favor and share this episode. Click on share somewhere on your screen, on your iPhone, on your computer. You know how to do it. Let people know about this show and specifically this episode if you think they'd benefit from it. And the next thing that would be awesome for you to do is to get over to lukestory.com and sign up for my newsletter. You know why? Not so I can sell you a bunch of weird stuff, but so that I can send you, your awesome self, the episode releases every week, which include links to all of the show notes and all that stuff. So if you're digging this content, you're going to dig it even more if you don't have to work for it and it just gets delivered to your inbox. So sign up for my newsletter at lukestory.com. Okay, that's all I've got to ask from you. Uh, No, it's not. I lied. There's one more thing I've got to ask, and that's that you join us next week, baby, for episode 18 with my friend Andy Nilo, where we talk about biohacking and natural skincare. It's a super inspiring episode, so I can't wait to share that with you. Okay, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show. You are helping me to live my dream, and I'm hoping I'm doing the same for you. 
I'd like to again thank Samina Sleep Systems and remind you to get over to JustHealthySleep.com and when you do, enter the code LIFESTYLIST and you will save 5% off all beds and accessories. Now that might not sound like a big savings, but these beds are really quite an investment as you're going to find. So 5% can mean a few hundred dollars. So uh, definitely remember that code. And as I said earlier, if you're in Southern California, you can also make an appointment on the site to go over to their showroom and see these beds for yourself. Once you see them, if you're anything like me and you really care about health, you're going to become obsessed with getting one. I mean, they are that cool. They're literally the dopest beds on the entire planet, in my opinion. And I've checked out a lot of healthy bed systems. So Samina Sleep Systems, find that at JustHealthySleep.com. Enter the code LIFESTYLIST and save 5% off. Or just get over there and make an appointment to see the showroom. Tell them I sent you. You're going to save some cash. And you're going to sleep very well for many, many years. <laughs> 